0: Hello and welcome to the Writing Guys podcast, where we help writers get inside a guy's head by answering burning questions on how men think. I'm Lancy McCall, today's moderator, and our hosts are Michael Aspen, CT Andrews, and returning guest Matt Kasson. Hello, hello.
1: So, what 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 fun and enlightenment do you have in store for us today, Lancey?
0: What oh del- yes, fun. To? Fun is that the right word?
2: Okay.
3: No. It is not the right word. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I know nothing, so tell me.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, today, we're going to take on a more serious topic, um, um, mental health. It's a, it's a hot topic right now, and we want to know, what's your take on it? So,
2: I'm going to be honest with you, listeners uh, and viewers. Uh, this came for me, and it's because Michael Aspen, me, going through some stuff right now like this week has been hell for me um i'm not going to go into too many of the details some of you can glean i'm sure some of the answers by the vague the vagueness that i'm going to use here but i'm going to i'm going to kick this off so uh, i recently uh like in the past week had a health scare that is all in my head there's been no symptoms there's been no concerns necessarily from my doctors. Um, it, it, I mean, there is a legitimate concern that I'm getting checked out. I'm going in to have some scans and stuff. But the point is, is that I generated this in my head. And I, that happened a week ago today. So we, we record on a Friday. It happened a week ago on Friday. And I have been almost completely incapacitated with anxiety since. This is the first time I've ever been so anxious that I cannot function. I've had other anxiety issues in the past, occasional ones, short duration ones, but nothing that's lasted this long and this consistent and this debilitating. Um, And I wanted to talk about it this week because I want to talk about some of the reactions that I've had to myself based on what society pushed on me as a kid and also some of the reactions i've had from fellow members of society including some other men and i think this would be a good topic to talk about because i think all of us can talk about how we view people with mental illness that may or may not tell you about it but may be exhibiting symptoms and also how if you're on the inside of it how it looks to you looking out so um, since i'm taking the lead i'm just going to i'm just going to talk about how my my anxiety manifested it manifested with a high resting heart rate and i could not catch my breath i would have numbness in my extremities like my hands and feet and legs and i would have um like my stomach my all of my intestines would get very inflamed and i would have a lot of bathroom issues i'm not going to go into too many details there but um it just it just made it where I felt like I was, I was having like a heart attack almost. I mean, it, it, it's not quite that bad, but I mean, just my, I couldn't catch my breath. I couldn't focus, um, all of my desires in life just fluttered away. And all I wanted to do was just go into survival mode. Um, and then the alternative was I would be so exhausted from having all this anxiety that I would just crash and sleep for like two or three hours in the middle of the day. And then I'd wake up anxious and it would, and it wouldn't go away um it would just come right back and then i'd be right back to being anxious so i found a couple of things that helped that were non-medicinal one was taking walks so i i on my main floor of my home i have an area that i can walk around in a large circle so i would do that for 20 or 30 minutes or 45 minutes and that would help a lot um and then i'm just checking my microphone because i'm getting some weird feedback so um that would help a lot but it wasn't a permanent fix like it would make me feel better for maybe a half hour or an hour and then the anxiety would start to come back um my doctor had given me uh, a a prescription for anxiety uh on a recent episode that was much smaller and the prescription wasn't working and uh it all boiled down to my brain kept telling me i was going to die and my brain wouldn't shut up and I couldn't get it to stop. And I was so angry with myself. I'm like, I can't know until I get tests done if I'm going to die. So, and I can't get tests quickly. If you've ever had to try to do anything like a colonoscopy or uh, upper GI or anything like that, you're waiting weeks. They don't, they don't get you in quick for that usually. So I was like, I can't, I can't go weeks and not know or months and not know. So uh, the end result was I I made an appointment with my primary care doctor and she ordered a bunch of tests that could be done immediately. That has helped tremendously. I actually uh, today you can see my little blue band if you're on YouTube. That's from a blood draw, and she drew a bunch for a bunch of different tests to check for stuff. And then I'm getting a scan on Monday that can be get the results within a 24 hours after the scan, and so I should know if I have anything life threatening within, you know four or five days from now, that's a lot easier for me to manage. I only have to manage my anxiety through that point. Right. But the anxiety disabled me to the point where I literally, I couldn't write. I couldn't meet with people. I couldn't go to my, I couldn't go to the office. Like when I was driving, I would have anxiety attacks to the point where like, I'd feel really lightheaded and dizzy and I couldn't really concentrate on the road. That's dangerous. And if you've got to drive, like we do here, I couldn't even go into the office because it's a thirty-minute drive, and I didn't feel comfortable driving for thirty minutes on by myself. And I I ended up having to tell my boss. I said, "I can't come in," and the reason why is because I'm dealing with anxiety. And I was shocked at his answer, which was, "Dude, I get anxiety too. No biggie. Do what you need to do." And I told him, "I said, I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on getting solutions in place. I don't want this to be my daily normal." But uh, in the interim, I was so happy to have a boss that was like, I get it. I get it. And he actually recommended CBD oil, which is not a mm-hmm. like not something that the FDA regulates very well, I guess. But there's definitely been a lot of tests that have shown that can be very effective. So I might be going to a dispensary soon. <laughs> we'll see. It'll be my first foray. But um, but I the other thing was like my wife was frustrated because we're we're getting ready for a kid's birthday party and I haven't been able to help do things like clean or organize or whatever. And she's been frustrated with me. She's like, I don't want you to add to your anxiety, but you know, I'm frustrated that you haven't been able to help. And I was really counting on you being able to help. And I felt guilty because I couldn't help. And I'm so mad at myself for not being able to just push these thoughts out of my head and do what I needed to do to get done. Right? Right. And even just talking about it now, I'm kind of, my anxiety is a little up just just talking about all of this. So anyway, the the point is, is I now have a first front row seat to what people that live with anxiety on a daily basis deal with. And I didn't really have an opinion one way or the other about mental health, but here in America, it's kind of treated like a joke. And I now see, I'm like, man, how can somebody who has this all the time how can they function Mm -hmm. how can they function day to day and it gave me a whole lot of respect for the ones that do a whole lot of respect because i couldn't do it I, i couldn't do it i was i was basically incapacitated for seven days and i'm only speaking about it now i'm still dealing with some of the anxiety but i'm only doing i'm only able to do it now because i went to my doctor today i know i have answers coming quickly and that's relieved a lot of my stress and I'm on medication to help relieve my stress. She actually prescribed me some stuff and I took some stuff right before this meeting. So if I just like fall over, <laughs> that's because the medication side effect has kicked in. So what I really wanted to talk about, cause this was a big issue for me this week. Um, and to the point where it really scared me, I was worried I was going to be incapacitated for like the next three months, which is just unacceptable. Um, I wanted to open the floor to CT and Matt and Lancey. If you want to talk about uh, anxiety or mental health issues you've had to deal with, or ones you've experienced in the workplace with others, I want to talk about how we react to it. Cause as guys, you're kind of expected to just like brush it off and move on. That's what the, that's what I was kind of raised with, right? Men don't have anxiety. They get shit done. And I couldn't get shit done. I just couldn't, I just could not do it. And I was I was hurt that I couldn't, I was angry, I was frustrated, I was sad, and I was, on top of all of that, I was extraordinarily anxious that I was going to die. And all of those negative emotions just created a a soup of nastiness that I could not overcome. So anyway, I'm going to open it up, I'm going to stop talking, but I just wanted to kind of give you guys where this is coming from and why. And this is like real time. Well, I mean, you guys will get this episode here in you know three to six weeks something like that but this happened uh basically the first week of october of 2023 so if you want a dateline for when this happened uh the first week of october 2023 is when i literally went in the toilet uh the the uh mental health toilet and could not pull myself out (laughs) all right i'm gonna shut up now so ct or matt whichever one of you wants to kick off with thoughts that you have i'd love to let you go ahead and speak
1: well, um, I guess I'll go because you know, being the uh, the uh, professional MD and expert on psychology and mental health that uh, we are and I am, uh, I can take a stab at it. It's a stab in the dark. Um, yeah, it seems to me that uh, especially anxiety, from what I've seen and experienced in my life, which really doesn't dive too deeply into anxiety or being anxious for me it's always the not knowing that creates anxiety um and you know what i mean so yes the the best way for me to have ever defeated anxiety when i felt it is to come up with a solution because as long as i had a solution or a plan in place i could keep the anxiety Controlled, at least, at least controlled enough to where I could do it like day to day things, like, you know, go to work and cook food and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so that's kind of where that's the beginning, the middle, and the end of what I understand uh, about anxiety. But I, I've never been clinical. I've never been clinically tested or proven to have anxiety. I will say this something that Michael said I was watching a movie earlier this week, and it turned out to be a surprisingly good movie, but there was a line in it about the, our main character was suffering from guilt because there was something that he really, really wanted to do, but he couldn't do it. And it was for the sake of another person. And so the other person was just sort of hanging out in the wind, helpless, and there was nothing he felt like he could do about it. And the line he said was to his wife. He said, I am a man who cannot rest. And I thought, wow, imagine how, Listen to those words and actually understand what he's saying. Um a man cannot, cannot re- be at peace until you can find um, a solution to that anxiety. And and uh yeah, that's 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 hardcore. So I don't know. That's,
2: that yeah, the the one saving grace I had is that I could usually get about five or six hours of sleep a night. Um, there was one night that I couldn't, but almost every other night I could, which was really beneficial. Um, but you're talking about making a plan. I can't make a plan because I don't know what's wrong, right? And the reality is is there probably isn't anything wrong, right? It's just all in my head. So this is that's the thing that's really crippling me is that it was all manufactured by me, and I have no clue how to fix it. and I can't get verification that I'm right or wrong until the tests are done. I forgot to mention one of the other ways it manifested was I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat at all. Hardly for days on end. I have lost in one seven day period. I've lost 10 pounds and I've lost 10 pounds because I can barely eat. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there, Matt.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I think there's a lot, a lot of listeners that deal with that and deal with anxiety on a daily basis and maybe have for a while. And, you know, it, it runs the gamut, right? People are going to have their own experiences with it. And I think it's interesting. I, I I really am thankful that you had somebody. And like you said, a boss who was super supportive of that. Right. And just said, look, like, take the time you need. um, Because I think it's easy for people to dismiss if they haven't experienced it. Right. It mm-hmm. really is. Largely because like, you don't, you don't dismiss somebody because they have a broken foot because you can see it. You can see it's in a cast, you can see it's, you know, whatever, when it's a mental health issue, and in particular, when the person's really good at hiding it, it's very difficult to align with it, right? And to be like, okay, you know, and and I can say for myself too, like I've had bouts of anxiety here and there, I've had bouts of depression here and there, but I think it's, even for me, it's situations where people maybe have left work on a leave because of stress. Mm -hmm. And there's even that initial like yeah yeah really really like that's that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna do okay um you know it's terrible like you (laughs) like everybody you know i think i've said it in in past episodes just let people do their thing let people fight their battles be there be supportive of them right try not to judge them it's much easier said than done particularly when it's people that you know and especially if it's people you don't really care for right um it's harder to be supportive but yeah, it's it's interesting. Um it is something I think people have to experience to really understand it. Unfortunately, and I don't wish it on anybody, but
1: yeah, it's that's what I always ca- kind of come back to. It's easy for me to go, "Oh, come on. I'll oh, Flap my lips and be like the rest of of, you know, humanity about about issues you can't see, especially like you said if someone hide, hides it well. But I always try to come back to the question, "What if it's real. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. What if it is? What if it's real? Um, And, you know, you from that perspective, I think that's, that's kind of how you maintain balance with the world around you, you know? Um, And I, I use the word perspective. I think perspective is a a key point in, in, uh, maintaining that balance. Uh, For instance, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know any examples of how perspective has helped me through some sort of issue, but keeping perspective um, I think is very helpful. And, And, you know, by perspective, I guess what I mean is ask yourself, how dire is this? How dire could it maybe not be? Play, play both sides, you know, explore all the angles, you know, before you just, oh, and for crying out loud, I'm not talking to you Michael. I'm just talking this is general advice. Don't play what if.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Don't>...
1: <laughs> it's the worst thing you can do to yourself. Um especially if what you're trying to find is a little bit of perspective, you know.
2: I can I can speak to that a little bit cuz my wife um talked about we've been talking about how we deal with these types of situations. And she's very good at being able to push that out of her brain and be like I'm not dealing with you now. And just kind of forget about it. Um, I however, uh, I one of the things I noticed about myself and i and I've been talking about that as this week has progressed and my understanding of an anxiety attack has matured is, and as I get older and I'm going to be going to doctors more often for more and more medical issues that just happens as you get older, that my relationship to my mental health has to change. So, And my and my health has to change. And it's about perspective, like you were just talking about. So whenever I would get sick as a young person, um, get like a sinus infection or um, a shoulder that was hurt or having really bad chronic headaches or whatever, you know, I would I would wig out because I would I would be sitting there thinking about all the what ifs. Right. You know, what's what is it cancer? Is it a tumor? Is it blah, blah, blah. And then I would make an appointment for the doctor, my general practitioner doctor, and I'd be in within a week and I'd get an answer. So I didn't have to worry about the worry because the worry wasn't that long. Not to mention I was a lot younger and it's easier to deal with worry and anxiety when you're younger than it is when you're older. Well, now I'm going to be going to the doctor more regularly. There's going to be more of these. We're going to scan for this life ending disease now. And you need, and it's going to take six weeks to get into the specialist. And then it's going to take three months to schedule the procedure. And then you're going to, and then it's going to take a week after that before you get the results. And it's like, holy crap, that's, you know, you just ate up a third of my year and I can't be incapacitated for that third of my year. And so I have to find a way to gain some perspective because I am a what if person. My brain lives in the what ifs, and I'm not sure how to change that because I know that's what my wife said is don't think about it. Just push it out of your brain. I'm like, I can't not think about
0: it. So (laughs) So, So I'm kind of with CT on this one in that I don't suffer from anxiety, like rarely ever. Good. Um, and, and I'm, um, I'm a fixer too. So when I see somebody having a problem, I want to fix them, which I've learned because I live with someone who has social anxiety. I have learned that that's not the best approach,
1: <laughs>
0: but speaking to, um, I just have a couple of points I want to throw out there. And then I want to kick it back to you gentlemen to talk about. But when CT was talking about making the plan, making the plan, and Michael, you said, Well, I can't, I'm kind of, I can't do anything about it because I don't know. Um, when CT was talking about, you know, making a plan, I told you, I, my mind went to, I love the serenity pl- prayer. You know that prayer yeah, about yeah. the things you can't control. Um, when I recognize that there's something I, that is beyond my control, my plan that I come up with is to focus on things I can. So that's one way I put it out of my mind because now, okay, I can't do anything about that for a week until I go see the doctor. So I'm just going to work, work on things that I can do something about. And that way I feel like I'm having progress, right, on something and I'm not just frozen. Right. So that's how I took CTs thing. But the other thing I wanted to to just mention, as as a manager and a supervisor and a, a company owner in the past, I have had employees who have had things that they've had to deal with that were just completely outside of my experience. And in that, I think in that situation, if you don't understand what they're going through, you have to trust them to know that this is more than they can handle. And if you've got someone who you know and you've worked with and they're right there with you good at what they do and they're they are usually showing up right and they're telling you they can't show up i mean your first response should be what do you need from me mm-hmm. what can i do to help you you have to trust them to know that they can't handle this right now yep agree so that's my take
1: yeah i, I want to add on to something you said i'm glad you said it um you know, let's give ourselves some credit, you know, we we, as people are so fast and so quick to take credit away from ourselves, you know, we will, you know, I, and I don't think that's a healthy thing. For instance, um, as Lance, like Lancey brought up when I, when I said, you know, come up with a plan and try to come up with a solution for what my anxiety is and Michael, uh, I'm gonna get your take on this too. You said, "Yeah, but I can't come up with a plan. I can't come up with that that solution." But the reality is, you kind of already have. You've got the appointment set for Monday. You went and got the tests done today. You, 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 you know, you knew that it would be several weeks before you could get in for the appointment, so you found another way around that. Yep. This, these are the things I'm talking about when we come up with a plan and a solution. Um, the solution's not going to happen right now, right here, right now, but the first part of it might, and then we move to the next part of it. And I'm not advising you, Michael, God knows I have no room to advise anybody on these things. I'm just pointing out an observation that might pertain to the subject at hand. You know what I mean? Um, so give yourself some credit, man.
2: So I, I did, I did make the, I appreciate that. I do. Um, I did make the appointment to go actually so like I said this started on Friday Saturday morning I'm ramping up like crazy unable to I didn't really expect to have anxiety and I was really kind of shocked that it showed up and I was like wow why am I why am I unable to focus? What's going on checking my heart rate. I'm actually at this very moment having a little minor anxiety attack. I don't know if you can tell but my heart rate's up and I'm feeling the the effects it's it's not a big one but it's there. Um, but anyway, back to the point. So I actually made an appointment to talk to my doctor through an app. They have an app that you can schedule appointments. And I scheduled a telehealth visit for the 11th, which is a week and a half from that Saturday that was having a problem. It's, it's this upcoming Wednesday. And they called me yesterday and they said, based on what you put in here, because I put in there like anxiety over dying, anxiety over my health. Um, have a long family history. I haven't told you I need to get that in. And because I didn't know it until this past weekend. And I was going through and I and I made that appointment. They called me yesterday. And they're like, based on what you're saying, you need to come in and see us. And we'd rather see you earlier than next week. So they called me and had me come in today. And I got in there today and they had screwed up the appointment and they had me for two weeks from now. And I'm like, I can't I can't go two weeks. I can't make it two weeks. Not I'm gonna... helping. Yeah. yeah. I said, I'm no. going to the ER. If, 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 if you're not going to see me now, I got to go to the ER because I can't make it two weeks. And my appointment was with a nurse practitioner, which is a mm-hmm. fairly common thing anymore. I'm kind of frustrated by that, but whatever. Um, but it turns out my actual general practitioner was available. Uh, and so she had a cancellation. And so they slid me right in and got me in to see her. And she said, I'm really glad you came in and that we were able to see you because you're obviously having issues. The whole appointment, I was up walking around in the office because I couldn't sit because I was so anxious. So anyway, um, some of that was luck. Some of it was planning. But uh, I decided to keep that appointment Um uh for the 11th no matter what and then when they bumped it up i was very happy they bumped it up and then i was heartbroken that it was not you know but um, <laughs> i'm glad they were able to see me and i think i think if they hadn't i would have uh had to cancel our recording for today and gone to the er and seen what i could do because i just couldn't i couldn't keep going like i was hmm. um i don't know what tomorrow's going to bring i feel pretty good right now in in re- relatively um but what's going to happen tomorrow morning when I wake up, right? I've been having, I wake up a lot of times with my wife's alarm at five in the morning and uh, tomorrow's no different. We have some stuff to do with our kids tomorrow morning. And um, I'm worried that tomorrow at 5am, my anxiety is just going to start shooting through the roof and I won't be able to stop it.
0: I have a question. Yeah. So you always hear people talk about the flight or Uh, fight or flight mode and i've heard another person uh say it's really there's a third thing it's fight flight or freeze yeah and there may be a fourth one that i'm forgetting and so when you have severe anxiety like this is that part of that fight flight or freeze um
2: i don't know for sure um It's definitely, it's definitely you're scared, right? I think fear is the root of it for me. Um, Every time I've ever had an anxiety induced episode, it was due to a Mm life-threatening situation, right? Um, Either I I thought I was having a heart attack or whatever. And it's never been just like, oh, you know, I got to do a birthday party for my kids. That's just adding on to it right now. But um, yeah. So so when it's a life threatening situation and you're worried about yourself dying, that's when I've had these anxiety attacks and um, I've never been able to control them when they're there. So I guess it could be part of that. Um, But there's no running away from it when it's inside you. Right. It's not like a bear you can run away from. So,
0: well, my reaction, just so, you know, and to give you a little chuckle, if there's ever a fight or flight, the fists are up that is my go-to reaction (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah go ahead and go ahead matt
3: yeah i I would just say that you know for me what i have found i'm not going to tell you what to do i'm not going to tell you what you know what you should do it's not my place but i will just say for me what i have learned and what i've found in this is um the book 10 Percent happier which is by um I want to say Dan Brown, but it's not Dan Brown. He's the author of the <laughs> Da Vinci Code. Um, But his name is Dan. He used to be a, a news anchor, right? Anyway, he started this whole thing. He also has an app now called 10% Happier, uh, which I use, but it is basically built on the premise that he started this meditation journey because he didn't like the mysticism of it. He didn't like the kind of what he called kind of the mumbo jumbo behind it, right? He wanted to just understand the benefits and kind of how it might work, but from a more approachable standpoint. And in a nutshell, he came down with, you know, as he was going through this piece and understanding what meditation was all about for him, when people would ask him, like, why do you meditate? And he he would tell them it makes me 10% happier. And he goes, nobody will argue with you about Mm -hmm. that. And the app is phenomenal and well worth the money that you pay if you you know there's a free part of it as well you don't have to pay but it's well worth the money because there are classes that i've used that have built in that have talked through like why this is right anxiety is fight or flight it's based on that your body feels an existential threat and yep. is reacting to that even though you can't see it you don't know what it's there your body's just like you know and it's usually the little voice in the back of your head that's like ha, 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 i'm coming for you um the meditation piece is just, and he, he, a lot of the lessons are about how to shut that voice off Mm -hmm. and how to, how to do it. Right. And it's, it is tough. And he will be the first to tell you, this is not an easy thing. You can't just sit down and do it once. You know, for me, the first few times that I've done it or that I had done it, because I've done it for a while now, um, I wanted to give up on it because I'm like, well, this is stupid. It doesn't work. And it's just the voice. It's not even reality just the voice saying that. Right. Um, so it just has taught me a lot over time about how to use your breath and how to use meditation to just get that voice to shut the hell up.
2: Yeah. So I looked it up. It's by Dan Harris.
3: Dan Harris. There we go. Thank you.
2: Um, <laughs> I wanted to point out that uh, between all three of you guys, I have heard acceptance and encouragement and suggestions. And not everybody has that same reaction. Like you had talked about Matt and I'm going to reiterate a lot of times you get the, you really, are you, you know, are you really? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been pleasantly surprised by the number of people that have been supportive. And I do wonder if that's a change in our society. My wife was talking to her coworker. They both do the same basic job and, and they uh, help each other out. And she was mentioning how, anxious I was and how debilitating it was and how I was going to see a doctor about it today. And that co-worker said, because she was trying to figure out when in her schedule she could go. And the co-worker said, I got you covered. You go whatever he needs to go. And I got you covered. And that really spoke to me too, that there are people, there are people that will surprise you with their support and their understanding. And Uh, And some of the advice I that 10 percent better is something I should probably investigate because I cannot I cannot rely on medication. I cannot rely on luck. I cannot rely on scheduling appointments to get all these scans done on a a short term basis to resolve my problems moving forward. I need to find and and this is this is probably the biggest lesson I've had to learn. I need to find a way to relate to my physical health that doesn't send me down an anxiety spiral. I need to figure out how to do it. And I need to do it. And I don't know how to do it. I don't know how. This is this, this whole thing this week has not been anything to do with physical health. Aside from the, the symptoms that are induced by anxiety, there hasn't been any symptoms anywhere that would have set me off. Not one. Um, this is all strictly coming from my head. And it's so hard to fight it because when it comes from your head there's nothing you can point to that can make it go away easily there's no logic gate that you can say well look yeah but my percentage chance of having this is so small it's like yeah but there's a chance might yeah. have it
1: uh, as your uh, uh pro bono personal trainer and friend i will say, um i love that you take walks outside yeah. the, the 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 health benefit not just physiologically but Psychologically and emotionally, studies have shown of simply taking a walk is there are just incredible. So continue to take walks because usually when people take walks, even if they're still thinking about the things that are pressuring them, they're working them out in their head. They're not just sitting in a chair or, you know, sitting in traffic, letting it just compound more and more and more so uh keep taking walks i think it's a smart thing to do and it's a healthy thing to do
2: i
0: plan but on it even even on top of that ex- physical exercise releases the endorphins right so there's right. a chemical component to getting the the physical reaction to um physical activity too
3: so a, um
0: a lot of my concerns
2: uh, center around digestive health and there's three things that Pretty much everywhere will tell you. It's like change your diet. Don't eat as fatty stuff. Eat more fiber, stuff like that. Uh, if you're overweight, lose weight. And if you're not exercising, exercising. So every day this week, every day this week, when I have eaten, I've eaten five more fibrous food. I've already lost 10 pounds, but that's only because I can't eat. <laughs> and uh, I have been walking for a minimum of 30 minutes a day. Oftentimes more than that. Sometimes an hour or an hour and a half. But I will my my minimum goal is to walk for 30 minutes. And then usually within the first 10 or 15, I can start to feel the effects and start to feel myself starting to calm down. I it's it's not effective enough for allowing me to be productive, but it is enough to get me out of when I'm in, oh my God, it's ramping up. I can't stop it. Start walking. And it will be an immediate effect that really did help me a lot. So
1: yeah. yeah. I think it's going back to what lancy says about the endorphins <clears throat> yep this is it's it's it sounds like a joke but it's true this is why we all love or this is why we all hate walking into a gym and love walking out of a gym okay right. because you got that that new that hormonal balance happening in your head and walking is exactly the same way punching a punching bag is pretty good too michael you've got one of those Go at
3: it. I was going to say, there's a place near us that is a uh, it's a boxing gym, kind of. But it's like it's built around the cardio aspect of that. Right. So it's not like you're going to like fight somebody, Um, although that might be interesting some days. But this one is you're doing it in the dark. So it's really kind of cool. Like it's not pitch black, right? Like you're not going to stumble and knock somebody out. But it's it's really kind of fascinating, too, because you get a little bit of that sensory Uh, deprivation i guess is kind of a little bit of it but
1: that's awesome you know it's pretty cool cool. yeah yeah
3: the other piece too um in 2022 there was a study about the effects of bird song and anxiety um and that people who spent they took people who had anxiety and they put them in a situation where they were just in a forest and they were in a forest that was full of birds that like to sing and you know had lots of noise and, and all that and it just kind of let them hang out there for a while maybe in a hammock maybe around a fire or whatever it was but it was just constant bird song um and there were some studies linking that to reducing anxiety but also to just helping mental health in general and wellness right? a little bit of back to nature kind of stuff but um, find yourself, sorry i'm giving you directive I'm not gonna do
2: no that. no no i want to
0: hear your <laughs> advice. I <do>.
3: um <laughs> without asking mike I, if that's okay actually
0: it's find, funny you know, find that, you,
3: that bird it's song. funny
0: that you said that because i'm sorry i totally cut you all um it's funny that you said that because michael and i are uh, kind of writing partners and we meet regularly to talk about our writing and Uh, One day he was outside while we were talking and he's like, oh, I need to go upstairs. I need to go in the house and get something. I'm going to leave you on on the Zoom. Right. And he walks away and I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, you hear all the outdoor the birds. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is very pleasant. I'm really enjoying this. And so (laughs) after that happened, I don't really have listened to a playlist when I write or anything like that. But I found on YouTube like this eight hour nature track with just the birds whistling, yep. you know, and I put that on sometimes when I'm writing and it is very soothing.
3: <laughs> yes, it's lovely. It really, truly is. So I, I highly recommend it.
0: I, yeah.
2: I wanted to also talk about medication briefly. So there's a lot of. There's a lot of stigma, I think associated with going on to medication um there are myself included when i was young there is an opinion that you're weak if you have to go on medication that was my thought whenever i was younger and um, i still feel that way like i'm michael aspen i don't need medication to get through the day yeah i do (laughs) At least, right, at least right now, not on a daily basis. I will say that my anxiety is more acute than most people's that they suffer from it. It's a short duration usually, but um, but you also have to be wary. Um, a lot of times, if you don't ask the right questions, the doctor can prescribe you stuff that you can never get off of. Um, I'll give I'll give an example. My parents suffer from social anxiety quite a bit. So they're constantly anxious. They go to church. They go hang out with their friends. They come over to visit family. They have us come over any of those situations. Their anxious anxiety is up. Just going to the grocery store. They're anxious. I do not suffer that level of anxiety. Thank God. But because of that, they have been on periodically uh, medication for 20 or 30 years now. And they're on some that, uh, a prime example of one that you got to be careful with is one called xanax i'm not saying it's a bad choice it's a good choice for a lot of people but it's one that if you take it consistently it can get to the point where you coming off of it can be very dangerous and so you you have to come off of it either very carefully or you're never off of it you you just you're on it now for the rest of your life and there are other medications that aren't necessarily addictive but they take a lot longer to ramp up. Like it might take eight weeks for that medication to come to full effect or two weeks or four weeks or whatever. So, while I think, I think there's a lot of solutions to help with anxiety. um, I do not want to talk down about any of them because I personally will take any help I can get. I think meditation is one of those things that I've, I've heard people make this statement. It gives you back more than you put in. There's a lot of things that it's 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 exponentially bigger than what what you think. If you do meditation for uh, 30 minutes a day, you'll get an entire day of calm or weeks of calm. Mm -hmm. Um, That was one. Another one is medication. The third is exercise. We talked about that. But I think another one um, that is pretty important is having somebody to talk to. Um, this loop that I was doing inside my house, one of the reasons I didn't go walk outside was because A, it was pretty warm and I don't like, I don't like the heat. And B, uh, I felt a little odd leaving my family. Like, hey, I'm having anxiety. I'm going to go for a walk now. Bye. I just felt wrong. I just felt wrong to abandon my family. But I could walk in my house. There's a big enough loop on my main floor that I can walk in my house. So I would walk there. And <laughs> my poor wife, I'd be like talking to her the whole time, right? Talking about my anxiety, talking about what's going on in my head, talking about the, the revelations I had made about myself and things that I need to try and change and things I need to work on. But the whole time I'm just making a loop and my voice really carries. So I can be anywhere in the house and she can hear me. That sometimes is a good thing and sometimes not. So, but having somebody to talk to. So one of my friends um, I talked to this week when I was having a brief up moment. Um, it's a writing friend of mine. She's actually my editor. You know her, uh, Matt. She recommended therapy. And I've had multiple people mm-hmm. recommend therapy. Said your therapist can help you put together a toolkit that is specific to your needs to help you deal with this anxiety when it comes up. And um, there's a lot of general advice we've been given and a lot of talking we've been talking about it. Um, But there's, there's sometimes you need some professional help from somebody who can give you mental tools, not physical tools, not medical tools, mental tools.
3: And so, yeah, hundred percent. I think, um, all of this stuff, right? Like when you think about all the different resources that are available, it is very easy again, to kind of dismiss them if you aren't familiar with them, or if you are naturally afraid of them. Right. I think yeah. sometimes meditation, people are a little bit like, oh, I don't know. And I will tell you like even five minutes a day will give you a tremendous impact. So if you're a busy person, like, I don't have an hour, I don't have 30 minutes. I don't have, you know, 10 minutes, like do a minute, right. Even do a minute of it. And you will absolutely start to see the benefit that will make you kind of want to go back to, to more of it. But I think even the therapy thing, I think a lot of times people, I'll just speak for myself, right? Like before, um, my perspective on it was, what the hell are they going to tell me? They don't know anything about me. Like, what are the, what could they possibly tell me that could make me better, right? Um, and I, I think it goes in hand in hand with how people respond to mental health, which is you can't see it. So if you're not experiencing it, you don't understand it. Same thing with therapy. Like, if you don't have experience with it, you haven't done it it's hard to understand the benefit that it provides. And it really, really is impactful for for many people. It's not for everybody, right? But that's why there's a lot of resources. There's a lot of things that you can avail, uh, uh, avail yourself of to help with the situation because not everything's going to work for everybody and that's okay. Um, I think the only other thing I wanted to add to on the, um, the medication side is the other thing that just concerns me with that. I'm, I'm fine with anybody doing whatever they need to do. I just worry sometimes that the side effects are worse than what it's treating.
2: Right. Yeah. in some cases. And in some cases, that's really true. Um, not just like physiological effects, but sometimes even mental effects can mm-hmm. be worse. Um, I was a little nervous about bringing this up today uh, because, because of the responses that I have had myself in my own head and some of the responses that I've experienced this week. But I got to say, um, I feel like everybody here has been really supportive of it um and this is this i think is what i would want to see out in the world if somebody's having anxiety or any other mental health d- depression whatever is people that are willing to help them find what they need to get over it um depression it's interesting i've suffered from depression in my life and depression is very interesting in that it makes me not want to do anything it doesn't make me want to solve it makes me just not want to it doesn't make me incapable it makes me not want to. And then I've had to have days where I've worked through my depression. It's like, I'm really down. I really hate myself, but I'm able to get up and get the work done. Anxiety was the opposite. It drove me. I'm like, I've got to find an answer to this. I have to figure it out. I have to figure it out now. It's like, and it made it where, because I was so focused on trying to figure out the anxiety piece, everything else fell away. So it wasn't that, so with depression, it makes me not want to do anything. Anxiety makes it where I can't do anything else, but be anxious. And those two differences are so disparate. Like I've had depression on and off my entire life. And I've had to learn how to deal with it. It's become a, a partner in my existence that I've just had to learn to deal with. Anxiety is new. And I have no tools for dealing with it. None. And I do and you, I need to build them.
0: That reminds me of when you talk about um like ADD and ADHD, how they can go from um, like not paying attention, not being able to focus on anything to being hyper-focused. It seems like two sides of the coin, right? That you're right now, what you're talking about with anxiety and depression.
2: Yeah. It, yeah. I can't focus on anything other than what my anxiety is. That's the only thing I can focus on right now. It does help to talk to people though. Um, I have found that if I can get into conversations that are deep and intellectually stimulating, I can start to forget about my anxiety and my anxiety starts to go away. Unfortunately, those are in short supply when you are a reclusive, uh, antisocial person, right? You're not out and amongst people all the time. It, It gets hard. Um, and then, inane conversations don't do it if i'm just you know if i'm at a grocery store talking to a grocery store clerk and this or talking to somebody like, oh yeah, the weather's rough or the, you know the cardinals aren't playing like they should be blah blah blah, blah. that's nowhere near and interesting enough to make me forget um but if we get into like a deep theological
0: discussion i'm like oh hell yeah let's let's get into it
3: but how about do them think, breaks?
0: oh sorry <laughs> i do I, think the answer to the bigger question that you asked at the very beginning is I do think society has become far more aware of how impactful mental illness is. And I think we're on the right track. I think we have a long ways to go, you know, um, especially like if you're coming from an older generation where, you know, people didn't stop. To see if you were okay, it was like suck it up and get to it, right? Right. And and you never knew it was okay to take care of yourself if there was something going on. So I think that's one of the thing the younger, newer generations are doing for us that is making us better as on a whole, is allowing humanity to say, yeah, it's okay for us to take a minute and and look at this and, and take care of this unseen, invisible issue.
2: I, I sincerely hope so. If you are a young person listening to this podcast, I'm not going to go and list off the ages of all the members, but we're all in middle age or older. Um, and, uh, I can tell you that if you are making changes in your society at your age, where people are more accepting and more helpful and understanding, uh, good, good for you. Um, I'm cheering you on. I'm the next generation ahead of you going, yes, do it. Make it better. I want it better for my kids. I want it better for your life. I want it better for your kids. Because I know growing up, it was not, it it was something that was just like, you're just weak. You're just weak. And that's how I feel. I feel very weak and ineffective this week. And it's because of what I was told in my head. It's not okay to do what I'm doing this week. It's not okay. And you're weak for it. And that, if you're already going down a spiral, that just compounds it, makes it even worse. I've been apologizing to my wife all week long saying, I'm sorry, I'm weak. She's like, you're not weak, you know, but do you just turn on a video effect?
3: I'm just showing you how young I am. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Excellent. For those of you on YouTube,
2: take a look at Matt here at the the (laughs) one hour mark or however long this has been going on. It's been going on a while.
0: (laughs)
3: I'm a fresh spring nice thing.
0: Yeah. Sorry. I didn't, um, we passed our 30 minute warning a long time a long ago, time. but this was a good conversation. So I didn't try to moderate that.
3: <laughs> no, it was really good. It, it's absolutely necessary.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you, do you want to do some closing comments now? Cause we are at about, um, little 20 minutes past what where we normally would start wrapping up
1: if you're like me then uh, sometimes all I need is a mood changer and for me I know kind of what my mood changers are and um, and so I just put my mood changers on whether it's you know driving taking a drive while i'm blasting my uh 1980s hair metal you know throwing some uh motley Crue, some guns N' roses uh poison Def leopard whatever and by the time i get to where i'm going man i'm rocking out and having fun and i'm not pissed off about what i was uh you know 15 minutes ago and so that's that's my mood changer and uh so find out what your mood changers are now I'm not saying that's gonna correct, you know, clinical anxiety or clinical depression or anything, but it does prevent me from going over the edge on some given days, you know? And, and so that's that's kind of what I do.
0: I think a good visual for that, um, if any of you have ever had like someone in your family that did canning, they use, have a big giant pressure cooker and the little top, you know, it just goes, mm-hmm. and it lets off steam, and then sometimes I can remember my mom doing this, come up, and looking at it, and then holding it aside, so it lets off a lot of steam, <laughs> and so for an analogy for your mood changer is, you know, finding the little things that can let you have outlets. Yeah, that's a, you,
1: yeah.
0: They,
1: the analogy. You just kind of yeah. let, uh, a little bit at a time when you feel it building up. But, you know, we can't also overlook the value of telling the random gas station worker behind the counter to have a good day and asking them about their T-shirt because you like it and just, you know, being nice to people, just Mm -hmm. going out of your way for 15 seconds to be nice to somebody. It's amazing what that does for as a mood changer, you know, or just your general outlook. So I think that's pretty good medicine.
2: I can tell you that my mood changers are taking action and distraction, but distraction only works for so long. Um, some some of the things that I was able to do was I would watch some YouTube channels that I'm very interested in their topics, uh, Marques Brownlee being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you catch to if you happen to hear me, Marques, I'd love to do an interview with you. <laughs> 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 you big YouTube star making millions a year. Um, but anyway, uh, his I think his channel's MKBHD. Is that right? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So anyway, um, but I really enjoy his videos. Another one's Mr. Mobile. These are all tech videos. Um, and I enjoy watching their videos and they distract me because I'm intrigued by what's going on. I'm interested, or I'll watch a show that I know really well that sometimes helps, or sometimes watching something new where I'm really invested in watching the new story unfold. Those things have helped. Um, but with the anxiety being pretty consistent, it changes the mood for a while. But then I, I told Jen, well, sorry, told my wife that I feel it clawing back at me. Like I'll get into a better mood. I'll sit and I'll watch my iPad or I'll watch TV or whatever. And, or I'll get up and walk or I'll talk it through and come up with a solution that I think is going to work. And then I will finally feel like, yes, finally, my anxiety is gone. I can feel the knot in my stomach unwind. And I'm like, oh. And then like two or three hours later, it starts coming back. It just starts rising back up. and after a while you get anxious about being anxious you're anxious because you're like i don't know when my anxiety is coming back and going to debilitate me again so yeah there's mood changers as a very effective tool um, and it has worked well for me when i've had other anxiety related issues cuz i do I, I do get some minor anxiety nothing debilitating just slightly anxious over certain situations in life but it's never been enough to to make it where i couldn't go and do what i needed to do and this is the first time it's really been this bad and, and it's really disconcerting to me. I'm yeah. Anyway.
3: Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, it's all about the tools. We've talked about that throughout this, right? Yeah. Everybody had little tools that we've talked about that have helped in some way, shape or form. Um, I think even, and, and Lancy, I love that analogy as well. I think letting off a little bit of that pressure, right. You have to before you blow your top, because really it's just it just gets worse and worse if you don't. And uh, it's it's not directly related to anxiety per se, but there's a uh, Instagram person who is a personal injury attorney out in Texas, uh, Jefferson Fisher, and he focuses on these little tips about communication. But it's amazing to me how it really kind of relates to the anxiety or at least some of the, the mental health, like the way that you communicate with others and the way that you interact with others, you know, to CT's point, like going out of your way to like, to be kind or to help resolve some sort of dispute, right. Lowers the pressure for everybody. So like just finding all these tools that you can use to help impact not only your own mental health, but potentially others is, is crucial.
1: Yeah. So if you listen to, heavy metal and going from one kind act to another kind act throwing the you know horns out it's a good life y'all it's
2: a yeah there you life. go there you
0: go all right guys well um i'm going to i'm going to close cuz this has been a really good discussion um yeah that concludes this episode of writing guys um if you have a question or a topic You know, this wasn't necessarily a question, but more like a topic. If you have something that you want us to discuss on the show, go to writingguys.net and click the button um, to ask us a question. Let us know what you're thinking out there and what you want to hear about. Um, And then be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the Writing Guys podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right. And um, thanks for joining us today. and We will see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye. Take care of yourselves all. Be well.